All right. Well, we've been talking about spiritual gifts for several weeks now. It hasn't quite, totally gone exactly how as I had planned originally. I wasn't planning on talking. When I first thought about doing it and felt to do it, I wasn't thinking about talking about women in ministry <laughs> like last week. I wasn't thinking about talking about church history either. But when you think about it, it's all overlaps together because I'm not preaching and teaching these messages to just the men. Amen. Spiritual gifts are for all of us. All of us. Amen. So the, the Godhead gave specific gifts to the body of Christ, not just the Holy Spirit, but the Godhead. The Father God gave seven motivational gifts listed in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and mercy. These are also important, okay? I'm, uh, we are emphasizing the nine spiritual gifts from 1 Corinthians, but there are a lot of other gifts in the Bible too. But the thing is, we get to do them all. I don't want us to go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. This one makes me awkward, so I'll pick this one over here. I don't, know, I don't think we should do it that way. It's, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Because you can have leadership gifts and gifts of prophecy, mercy, whatever, but you still have to speak to somebody. You still have to use some giftings that the Lord leads you to. The Father gave those seven gifts. Jesus gave the five-fold ministry, listen, listen in Ephesians 4.11. Uh, you know, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He says he gave some. Context was Jesus. And, of course, the Holy Spirit gave the nine gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 14, 4 through 6. So our God is a giving God. He gives gifts, and there's so many more listed in the Bible. There's so many more things that he gives us. But in, in return, there's some things he would like us to do with them. You remember the parable of the talents? He doesn't want us to bury it under the ground and just hope it collects interest through dirt or something. He wants us to use them, amen? And I'll tell you, growing up in a church that didn't believe in these things, they did believe in evangelism. They did believe in witnessing and, and, and going out, but they used a lot of guilt trips to do it. I hope that's not how I'm standing right now. But uh, he, did, he did use a lot of pressure. To, we needed to be doing that because it is important, but they didn't believe in the gifts. But how, once I was introduced to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I thought, man, they were hiding all the fun stuff from me. Because it's, it's fun. I think part of the reason is we're afraid to make mistakes holds us back so much in America, North America, around the world. We're afraid to make mistakes. But guess what? People made mistakes to hang out with Jesus. Think about the disciples. One day they're walking down the road arguing over who's the greatest. Imagine being there that day. <laughs> they're walking with God and <laughs> talking about who's the greatest. I mean, how he didn't bust out laughing, I don't know. Maybe he did. Like, what are you talking about, guys? Like, really? Um, and he pulls a little kid over and said, hey, he's the greatest. Um, but we're talking about spiritual gifts. There's a few hurdles we got to jump over sometimes, depending on how, well, your background, how you're raised, if you thought you were disqualified for this reason or that reason, or thought they all went away. But some are taught they... They're not, we don't need them anymore. And they say that because they don't know how to use them. Uh, and probably other reasons, but that's one of the reasons. But uh, we already addressed that, so I won't go into that much detail. We looked at that throughout church history and, in, and biblically how that's not true. Also, another thing is fear. It's a hurdle we're going to have to overcome. How is this going to make me look? What if I make a mistake? What if I say this wrong? Or what if I forget the gospel message? Or what if I forget John 3.16? What if, what if... We have to have more confidence in God's ability to lead us than our ability to mess up. God wants them saved more than we do. He showed it. He proved it. He demonstrated it. But he does want to co-labor with his children. Amen? All right. Another one we're going to have to overcome. Is it really God's will? And more specifically, is it really God's will for me? Okay? 
It's okay to go to a church that believes in gifts. You can even you know, boast your friends that we believe in the full gospel. That's how John Bowley introduces me to his friends. We believe in the full gospel. He embarrasses me sometimes <laughs> with his buddies and friends. But uh, it's good to believe it. But are we doing it? It's okay to say, like, I'm not offended by, you know, you say, well, I'm not offended by the gifts that are in the Bible. I believe the whole Bible. That's good to believe the whole Bible. Even the, de- even the devil believes that. But are you doing it? Are we doing it? Right? Uh, like I told you a few weeks ago, I was walking through a grocery store, just concerned about society in general, and asked God, how are we really going to make a difference in this world? And I heard him just clear as day, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. We're trying to fix a spiritual problem with logic and reasoning, with intellectualism and programs and planning. And he gave us these gifts, multiple gifts throughout the Bible, that actually has the power to change lives. And then we're like, well, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just, whatever, something different. And another one, uh, a hurdle you might have to go over, is offense. You might have been offended by somebody who was, in their mind, the biggest spiritual leader around, and you thought they were a nutcase or whatever, and they were offended you by, their, by maybe their immaturity in how they use the gifts. So they were so offensive in saying, you're going to hell because you can't pray in tongues, or you're doing this, or you're not even spirit-filled yet because you can't do this, or you can't do that. They've done all these different things that offended you that you're just like, I don't, that's so painful for me, I'm not even going to go there. And that's not okay either because it is written. It's not written if you're offended or not. It's written. We're supposed to do these things, Amen. I don't know if the amen's getting weaker or stronger or what. Uh, you might have to forgive somebody because there are spiritual cares maniacs out there. I met some of them. I had a guy tell me I was going to hell in Bible college, a guy from uh, a church that Randy and Lisa grew up in. Actually, they're not here. I'll tell them. But uh, in the UPC uh, Pentecostal church, and they're the ones with the long hair and the jean dresses, and some of them, you know, they, they have different beliefs on stuff, and this guy didn't believe you're filled with spirit unless you pray in tongues. So I was working at the gas station. I'm in Bible college, and this guy comes to me and tells me randomly how I'm going to hell because I can't pray in tongues. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I said, did Jesus ever pray in tongues? He goes, oh, yeah, he did on the cross. I'm like, come on, man, you need to get education. Latin is not tongues, okay? That is not tongues, all right? And I said, come back uh, some other night. We'll sit down and have a conversation. We'll go through. You show me every scripture that shows me I'm going to go to hell because I can't pray in tongues. And I'll show you every verse that says I'm going to heaven because what Jesus did for me. And uh, he never came back. But, you know, people get offended by these things. People get their feelings hurt. People, people get a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of experience. And then they go out and talk to people, and they hurt people because they just don't really know what they're talking about sometimes. And the thing is, gifts are given, fruit is grown. So just because somebody has a spiritual gift, they can still be the most immature Christian you've ever met. That's why you see different pastors and leaders. You see them get up and preach. Like, man, that guy's a good preacher. Man, and you see his life like, oh, gosh. And his character's not matching his gifting because the gift was given him. The fruit and character is developed over time through trials and testings of life. The perseverance of your faith develops all, you know, all the character stuff. So it's important for us to grow in these things. But immature Christians are out there, and they hurt people. But that can't be the reason why you're not going to walk in the giftings because somebody hurt your feelings. Honestly, right? I'm sure people heard Jesus' feelings, right? So uh, we're going to look at spiritual gifts today. We'll start in 1 Corinthians 12. I'll just say this. The gift isn't given because the person is greater than you are. The gift is given because there is a need in the body. And the gift is given because the giver of the gifts is good. 
So when you receive a gift, it doesn't make you better. God doesn't love you more. He doesn't love you more when you, when you, before you pray in tongues or after you pray in tongues or after you pray for the sick and they get healed or before you never even tried to pray for anybody. He doesn't love you anymore before or after. He is love all the time. He doesn't have an off switch like we do. Amen. So I'm going to read that. I'm going to say that again. The gift isn't given because the person is greater. The gift is given because there is a need in the body and because the giver of these gifts is good. Amen. That's rooted and grounded in humility. The gifts are given to us because the body is wounded, it's broken, and it needs these gifts to be activated to help the body be healthy. Amen. First Corinthians 12, 1 through 4. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. <laughs> it's hilarious, really, if you think about it. Because one of the things that the church is most ignorant about is the things that he says, don't be ignorant about these things. So since they're ignorant about it, they just say, well, let's, if we don't understand it, let's just throw it away. Um, verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, whoever you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. The word gifts there is charisma, but the same spirit. You've heard of the Charisma magazine. The word means gift or gifts. And the Thayer's Greek lexicon says it this way. It means a favor which one receives without any merit of his own. It's a grace gift. So how do you boast and brag about a grace gift? You can only do it in ignorance. That's the only way to do it. Once you really realize you didn't earn what you received, but it was a grace gift, how can you brag in it? That's why Paul said there is no room for boasting, because it was by grace. So the previous word in the Strong's Concordance before charisma is the word charis. You want to look it up, it's word 5485, and the word means grace. These gifts are given by the grace of God. So some of us in our lives, we're thinking like, well, I haven't received these gifts. Well, did you receive the abundant provision of grace? Did you receive the gift of righteousness? It means we're going to reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Then you probably received more than you knew that you received. Because these are grace gifts, amen? Amen. Let's look at verse uh, 4 through 6 again. Or four is again, the rest are new. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. Okay, so we have diversities of gifts. That means spiritual endowments or abilities through grace. That means when the grace of God comes upon you, something you couldn't do before, all of a sudden you're able to do by the grace of God. And any of those things listed there and other things can be on the list. I don't think the nine things is limiting, limiting God to the gifts. I think he can do whatever he wants to do. Amen? <laughs> Amen? You guys good? So it means spiritual endowments or abilities through grace. And there's diversities of ministries. The word ministries, uh, ministries there is the same word for deacon or servant. So there's different ministries, or, but it's the same Lord Jesus. So first we saw the same spirit. Now it says the same Lord. And the next one says the same God. So there we say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is totally actively involved in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? It's not just the weird red-headed stepchild like they say, or this, the Holy Spirit's the weird one, and it's Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And we don't use the Holy Spirit at all. No, they're all in unison, and they're all in agreement. They're all it's the same. It's the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Amen? So there's differences in the gifts, 
There's differences in the people doing the ministry. There's differences in the manifestation of these gifts, what they look like. But it's the same God who works all of them in all people. It's the same God. So um, the Trinity is definitely involved. I want you to read this verse out loud to me. If you can put verse 7 on there for me. Verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Let's read this together. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay, can we do it again? It's like we're a school, school class. All right. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So who is the manifestation of the Spirit given to? Each one. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Yeah, who'd you say that to, Anna? <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> right? It's given to all of us. Amen? It's not just the ones that look spiritual, the ones that have the bolder personality, the ones that are not shy. The manifestation is given to each one for the profit of everyone. Amen? Now let's look at First uh, Corinthians 8 through 11. We'll look at these gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom... This one we're going to look at today. Through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing them to each one individually as he wills amen so verse 7 said which we read together the manifestation of the spirit was given to each one for the profit of all and then the end of verse 11 said the spirit distributes them individually to each one as he wills and i think some people have misread this or misapplied this how they read it to think well that's their way off the hook because here it says he gives them out as he wills so he thinks well I guess he doesn't will for me to be activated in these gifts because I don't have any. So since I don't have any, I just can ignore this whole section because I don't have any. I guess it wasn't God's will to give them to me. And that is not what he's saying here. What is saying verse 7? He gave it to each one. Each one. That is his will. His word is his will. Amen? Okay? So they seem to believe that they're not, because they're not operating spiritual gifts, it's not his will. And they just like, they try to check out. Like, I guess I'm not spiritual. I guess I'm not this enough or not. No, we're just ignorant of these things. All right? So the word of God is saying here, this word of God is not saying that some people can get them, some people can't get them. That's not what it's saying here. He's saying it's for us all. Amen? All right? There's different offices. We don't all walk in those all, all the same offices in the spiritual uh, fivefold ministry and things like that. But as far as the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the ministry to the saints to build each other up in these things, we can all walk in all of them. Now, it doesn't mean you'll walk in all of them all the time. You might walk in the gift of faith a couple of times in your life or maybe a lot of times in your life. You might walk in working in miracles multiple times, praying in tongues you can do every day. It's different how, how it works with people, but if time comes when you're the one in, in front of the person in need, it's the same spirit. God can work the same thing through you that he can through anybody because it's the same Holy Spirit in you. That makes sense? That's what he wills. Okay, you think about it. He already said he doesn't want us to be ignorant of these things. Then he said, then he gives, then he said that these gifts are given to individually to all believers then Paul says five times in two chapters to earnestly desire these things or to lust after these things. 
It's the word for, same word for lust. And he desires we excel in these things. So how can we think they're not for us if he's saying five times in two chapters to go after these things, excel in these things, do these things, and don't be ignorant of these things? I think his will has already been established in there. We can't take verse 7 or verse 11 into it and twist it means something that's not saying. It is his will, and that's why we can do these things. Amen? Amen. But if we're ignorant of these things, or we just don't want to know, we're not desiring these things, we're believing that we missed out on the gifts, we missed the, gra- the, the gifts train, so we're just the, we're the ungifted ones. I mean, you know how horrible that sounds? Or, you know, in church, they get, you get all this religious jargon and stuff where they say, well, we, we believe more in the, in the fruit of the Spirit, not the gifts of the Spirit. Like, they compare, like, fruits and nuts or something like that. And, you know, we're supposed to have both. It's not either or, Right? It's both. You should have character. You should have the fruit of the Spirit in your life because it's evidence the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. We should all have those things. We also, because the Spirit of God is living in us, we should also have these power gifts to minister to our, our friends and family, people that are in need, even the lost, to help them have an encounter with God that changes their life. Because it's all the same Spirit. It's not like, well, I, I picked the gift side and you pick the character side. No, there's, there should be no choice here. It's the same Spirit. So we'll never know Things that you could have done in the Lord, unless you step out. Unless you get some training, unless you get some studying these things, unless you eagerly, earnestly desire and lust after these spiritual gifts. Again, not to look spiritual, but for the benefit of the body of Christ. Amen. Man, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. I'm just saying. Uh, come on. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, Paul then goes on to talk about one body in many parts. There's one body, there's only one body of Christ. I know we have, like in Avery, like what, 200 churches or something? I don't know what the number is, but it's really high. Uh, but there's only one church. There's only one body. It's his. But there's multiple parts of the body. And if the body is not, if a certain part of the body is not, we'll just say in this church, if a certain part of the body is not healthy, the whole body is affected. So in context, he's talking about spiritual gifts here, isn't he? That's the whole context, 12, 13, 14, to the very, almost the end of 14. It's still talking about spiritual gifts. He says, the foot can't say, because I'm not a hand, I don't need you. And the ear can't say, because I'm not an eye, we don't need you in the body. What is he talking about? Just because you don't understand this gift, or this manifestation, or this person, or this gifting this person has, or you don't have, or whatever, you can't say they don't belong in the church. Right? In the same way, uh, our bodies won't be healthy without all the members functioning correctly. Our church bodies won't be healthy unless all the gifts are functioning correctly the way they're supposed to be functioning. It's about the health and life and strength of church. The life is in the blood, amen? And it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. So we have no right to say we don't need these certain parts of the body or certain gifts given to the body, amen? We don't have right to say that. We may have been offended by them, by the person, but when they're done the right way, with the right heart, and we're supposed to judge it by the fruit, not by if someone's offended, all right? Because we might see some things like, oh my gosh, what is that? <laughs> you know, you might. I have. And it's like, oh, is this Jesus or not? I'll t- give you an example. I remember in the same night, we're praying for a guy in my, in my house, the first deliverance we ever were part of, ever saw. He starts manifesting a demon on my floor in our basement of my house. And it's kind of, this part's funny. My mom yells down the stairs, hey, Ryan, keep it down. What are you guys doing down there? It sounds like you're casting out a demon. I'm like, we are, mom. She goes, 
oh man, well, will you try to keep it down? Like, we're, we are trying. Like, this is not something I do every day. We're trying to figure this out on the fly here. But he's, he's shaking on the floor. He's twitching and stuff. And then we just knew, like, it was the demon. We commanded the demon out of him just by this, the Bible. We had no training or experiences. I told him to go find some pigs. That's the only thing I could think of. And, and, but, he, but he stopped. Grace of God was with me. Amen. And, uh, but then later, he's having an uh, encounter with the Holy Spirit. He's moving on the floor in a similar way. Not quite as violently, but in a similar way. But this time we had a piece about it. Like, that's, that's discerning of spirits, what was going on. One was demonic. One was heavenly. He's having this heavenly encounter with God that absolutely changed his life uh, in that moment. Amen. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need them. So, unfortunately, the church uh, hasn't been really strong with these things. And we've thrown out the baby with the bathwater because of offense or because of some church down the road said this or said you're going to hell because you can't pray in tongues. We got offended and stopped being earnestly going after these things. Um, one second because my iPad just went off. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, Lord. Um, I'm thanking God for the, the miracles that we're seeing here in the church, in Holly, in her classroom. And it's not limited to just her classroom or anyone's classroom. God's in us 24-7, not just when on Sunday mornings. Amen? All right, give me a second here. Okay. So basically, the Bible is saying you can't say that we don't need certain parts of the body because we don't like them or are offended by them. Okay, you know, I personally don't understand how most of the most of the organs in my body work. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how they work. I don't know what in the world I got a liver for, what it does. It's in there for something. I don't. I don't really care what it does. To be honest, it's in there. God knows. Uh, so anyway, I, I got an appendix too. I don't know what it's doing in there, but it's doing something. I got gallbladder, spleen, all these kind of things. But just because I don't understand how they work, and say, well, I don't need those things. I don't even know what they do. You know, but that's again, that's what we've done in the church by saying because we don't understand them, we're not going to use them. And it's our job to get to understand them and do them properly, do them in order, do them in godly ways because you know what? Lives will change. Lives will change. Amen. And that's the whole goal of this. So, all the parts are needed in the body. So, we're going to look at the word of um, um, wisdom today. Again, the nine gifts mentioned were the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diversity of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And I split these up into three different sections. Uh, the revelation gifts, you could say word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And under power gifts, you could say faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles. And another one we call the utterance gifts is prophecy, diversity of tongues, or interpretation of tongues. How many have ever been in a church service where they had a tongues with interpretation. And it was done, and it was done right, done well. Okay, most everyone in here. Did you not feel the presence of God when that happened? I remember we had uh, one of the girls cross her with us one Sunday, and I can't remember if it was Melinda or Debbie, got up and prayed in tongues, and I was like, oh man, I don't know how she's going to handle this, if, if she's going to like it, whatever, and I'm just, you get nervous for somebody else. God's not nervous about it. He's not. He was, I don't think he was all nervous at all. <laughs> Anyway, someone interpreted it. Next thing you know, this girl beside us, she's like 15, 16, she's crying. And she goes, I can't describe it. I just felt God's presence so strong when, when they did that, whatever they thing they did there. Tongue, what did you say it's called? Tongues or... I, it's spiritual. The natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. 
The natural man does not understand it, but the spirit understands it. And God would much rather you pray something you don't understand than praying something you do understand and cursing yourself. That was better than my response. I was just saying, God would much rather you pray something you don't understand because we're praying in tongues and you don't understand what you're saying than pray something you do understand and curse your own life and not be the will of God for you to be praying this for yourself. So today, again, we're looking at the word of wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. To one there is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now, I personally don't believe this is talking about the wisdom that came uh, that's somewhat in James 1, 5. I think James 1, 5 is more of a natural wisdom. That even though it is, it's all supernatural in some way because God's given it to us. But there's a wisdom you can get. Well, let me read the verse uh, first to make, maybe make more sense. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So to me, I think this is a, a, a general wisdom for how to do life. God's still involved in that, but usually this is more of a thing you're praying for yourself. You're praying for wisdom. God, how do I do this? Who am I supposed to marry? What college am I supposed to go to? You're praying, ask God for wisdom for these things. But when you're talking about spiritual gifts, usually they're for somebody else. Now, praying in tongues is for yourself, but there's, that's not the only type of tongues. There's a diversity of tongues, which is for another day. But uh, usually the gifts of spirit are for somebody else. So when you get a word of wisdom, it's probably going to be for someone else. Amen? But if we never share it, that person won't be edified. They won't be encouraged. So Randy Clark says, a word of wisdom reveals God's own mind, divine purpose, and plan, always with regard to the future. So no one can give you a word of wisdom from last week or last year that you don't need wisdom from last, like you've already walked through that day, right? So it's always about the future. Um, word of wisdom reveals God's own mind, divine purpose, and plan, always regard the future. And Andrew Womack said, a word of wisdom is a supernatural imparting of God's understanding and direction for a given individual or circumstance. Do we need that? Does the world need that? Imagine walking up to someone who's, who's totally lost, and you just, God just downloads this word of wisdom to you. And you share it with them, and it's like, how did you know that? First, how did you even know I was going through that? And how did you have the solution to something you didn't even know I was going through? Do you know God knows the dreams of Pharaoh? And you know how to tell Daniel about it and Joseph about it? He knows, amen? The word wisdom here comes from the Greek word Sophia, and it means cleverness, skill, a right application of knowledge. A right application of knowledge. So when you're talking about spiritual gifts, they, they overlap. Okay, I know they list them in nine uh, gifts here, but they totally overlap. You, you, when you're talking about tongues in the church, you're going to have tongues interpretation, you know, right? You're talking about prophecy, it's going to have often words of knowledge and words of wisdom sometimes wrapped up in that also. They, these gifts overlap, it's just not uh, just one. So let me tell you about wisdom again. Uh, Clement of Alexandria, theologian from 15, uh, 150 to 210 A.D., defines Sophia this way. As the knowledge of things human and divine and their, their causes. And Aristotle, philosopher from 324, 384, described it as striving after the best ends and using the best means. This is the highest kind of wisdom. It comes not so much from thought as from communion with God. It is the wisdom which knows God or spiritual wisdom. And we have that. It's on the inside of us. But you know sometimes why we don't receive wisdom? is we don't go ask someone to pray for us. Do you know that? Gifts work and are activated in the culture of honor. 
There's a culture of honor and love. Like, for example, if someone comes in to me, comes to visit me, and they say, hey, pastor, having this issue with this, having this, this is going on in our life, sometimes I might not have any natural knowledge of the topic they're talking to me about. No experience in this divorce or this business issue or whatever. But when they honor the gift in me, um, I'll have wisdom come out of my mouth. I'm just, after I'm like, where did that come from? And they're like, thank you so much, Pastor. That's really helpful. What happened? They honored the gift in me. That's, and I'm not just saying that for pastors. It's in all of us. When someone honors the gift of God that's in you, something gets, there's, there's a demand put on the anointing in you, and they're going to draw something out of you that will be beneficial to their life. But if you never go to someone asking for help, asking for wisdom, asking for prayer, tell them what you're going through or something, who are you drawn from? Your your close circuit of friends, which is good, but sometimes it might need to go bigger than that. We need to. There's gifts that are there for us. So let me give you a few facts about spiritual gifts. They, again, again, they're typically for someone else. They work best in the culture of honor. We're honoring one another above ourselves. The um, and they overlap. Let me uh, let me skip down here a little bit. So. The gift of the word of wisdom enables us to express the Holy Spirit's revelation, knowledge, or answers to either an individual or group of people. And the word of wisdom is needed in our lives to enable us to share other gifts of spirit correctly. Now, give me an example of this in case you can't figure out the mumbo-jumbo I just said. So, all the technical terms of it, it's more just better just to do it. Amen? So, one example, um, if you receive a word of prophecy... God tells you something about somebody. You have to have word of wisdom to know what do you do with it. Do you tell them? Do you hold it? Is it for intercession? Is it for encouragement? What is it for? When do I say it? Just because you get one, you're like, me, 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 teacher, pick me, pick me. And you want to just jump up and run to the front of the class right away. It might not be for today. It might not be for right now. They might not even need to hear it right now. The timing is just as important as the word. It is very important, the timing of it. So a word of wisdom will tell you how to use that gift, how to use the gift of prophecy correctly, and the timing of it so it's delivered at the right time so it will work best for everybody. So um, years ago, another, another example, years ago in India, I was teaching on prophecy, and we had, the, like we did Thursday night, we had, or a few Thursday nights ago, had somebody facing the wall, and then we have someone point someone in the crowd and say, all right, you facing this way, prophesy with the person behind you. We've done that in youth in different places Lots of times. But this one girl, it was her first time, it was all their first times doing it. And of course, they had the girls on this side and the guys over here. And it was a, a girl who was prophesying, but it was a guy that I point to. And she heard the word lie. That's all she heard. But then she interpreted it like, you're telling a lie. Because that's just how her mind thought it. She didn't hear God say, this person's telling a lie. She, all she heard was lie. So then we needed a gift of word of wisdom to know what to do with that because it wasn't the right application of that word. Because prophecy is New Testament. It's supposed to edify, encourage, and comfort. It doesn't call it people's sins in front of people to totally embarrass them. Now, God can still tell somebody this, but I would be more wise to take it to the side and say, hey, you know what? When you said that, that wasn't true, just privately or something. But it's not going to embarrass people in public like that. So through a word of wisdom, we figured out that the, the guy wasn't telling a lie. He was believing a lie. But see, she only heard lie. But she, she added the rest on. Then we figured out the lie he believed was that no one loved him. And this guy grew up on the street homeless. He was now in Bible college. And he did deep down believe that no one loved him. Next thing you know, he's sobbing and crying. And he's receiving the love of God. But through a word of wisdom that helped, uh, helped work with the prophetic words she heard, which was, uh, which was a lie, 
rightly applied, uh, actually help this guy a lot. That makes sense? So the gifts overlap, they interflow with each other. So another example, uh, the word of wisdom, is Apostle Paul when dealing with that spirit of divination. You remember he's preaching, he's going throughout everywhere, he's preaching. He said this lady followed him around for many days. Well, why didn't he cast the demon out of that lady on day one? I don't know. It doesn't say why, but my thinking is the guy wrote this whole section on spiritual gifts. He probably had a few of them going on in his life, and uh, he probably had a word of wisdom where God's like, ignore that today. Ignore that. Just leave her alone today. Don't do anything. Just, just preach. Then it was so many days later, he said, deal with it. He deals with it then as woman gets totally set free. See, our timing on something might not totally be God's timing. It might be. But it might not be. That's why we need the words of wisdom, not to rush in on something we haven't been authorized to do. So I'll give you another story. Years ago, I was in East Liverpool, Ohio, at my brother and Ashley's place and their family. And uh, I thought I was there on vacation, but my brother always had me doing spiritual stuff. And sometimes he'd tell me, get me to preach and not even tell me uh, until like right before and other things. And we went to go visit this lady in his church and this lady, um, sweet lady, but she was really going through a tough time. Her fiancé just died. They were getting married, I think, a few, a few months away from their marriage date. She had just, he had just died, and she was seriously depressed, and she was staying up all night long watching TV, sleeping all day long with the curtains drawn, and she was just, um, just so depressed. She started eating a lot and gained a whole bunch of weight, and then her knees started really bothering her, especially one of them, and she needed, like, knee surgery. And so we went in just to see her and talk to her and pray for her knee and, and that. And so we're there talking to her. My brother's doing most of the talking because he's her pastor. I didn't know her at all. And I was sitting there, and, I, and, and she kept looking at me. Her eyes started getting like, like beady little eyes, you know, like you kind of feel. The, you guys have seen them. And uh, they kind of make the hair stand up in the back of your neck like, oh, geez, what are we doing? I th- I'm supposed to be on vacation right now, Robin. Like, what are you doing here? And uh, this lady, I hear the Holy Spirit say, don't touch her. Like, you got it. I'm not gonna. I'm thinking the seven sons of Skiva here, and this is like the beat me down or something. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna touch her. And so when my brother was done talking to her, it was my turn to say something. I just, I told her, like, uh, there's demons tormenting your life. Do you know that? She goes, yes. I said, do you want them to leave? And she's like, yes. And so we just took authority over those things, commanded them to leave, and her eyes shifted. And then I was able to touch her. Even Jesus did that. He commanded the spirit to leave first with the word, and then he touched her. He said, straighten up, you know, your back, straighten up your back. Anyway, and uh, so we prayed for her knee, and she was totally healed. Now, the heart wounds of her fiancé dying was another whole thing that's going to take months, years to go get over. But um, it's still a good story of the word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and, and praying for people. A couple more, and then uh, we'll see. Maybe you guys can do some in here. How's that sound? It's much better than a sermon. I got your attention now. Look at that. Everybody looked up from their Bibles and their phones. and uh, they might, Oh, it might be my turn next. Okay, think of King Solomon. Okay? Woman comes in. Two women come in and say, this is my baby. What happened? He got some kind of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, what to do. The guy was wise. But he had this, all right, cut the baby in half, give me chaff. The real mother, of course, said, no, don't do that. Let her have the baby. And then he knew who the real mother was. Or how about Jesus. The Pharisees trying to trick him and trap him with the whole who you're paying tax to and how much t- should you pay taxes to Caesar and stuff like that. They're trying to trap him. He's like, you hypocrites. And just like he hears from the Father or he already knows. He gives him this wise statement, give to Caesar what's Caesar, give to God what's God's. 
and they walk away just stumped. I don't know how to beat this guy. He is just too smart. You know, or the lady uh, caught in the act of adultery. She was caught. The guy was somewhere else because the Pharisees probably set up the whole thing. And he doesn't say much, but he starts writing in the dirt. He's drawing something in the, in the dirt and the sand. We don't know what he was drawing. But I really think he was doing, he was drawing on the Father's love right then. All right, Father, what do you really want me to say here? I see what's going on. I know what they're trying to do, but what do you want me to say? And uh, he didn't say much, but, but he finally says, he was out sin, throw the first stone. And next thing you know, they all walk away, dropping their rocks, the oldest to the youngest, until he's left alone with that lady. What do you have? A word of wisdom. Probably other gifts overlapping in that too. Jesus walked in these things. And we need to walk in these things too. So today, we're going to do some kind of activation this one is kind of trickier than some of the other ones. Tongues interpretation activation, that one's pretty easy. <laughs> you know, wisdom is different because uh, it's going to be for somebody else. So what we're going to do is, uh, if you have a need for wisdom, I'm not going to ask you to tell us what it is. You don't have to tell or share anything embarrassing. just want you to put your hand up. And I'm going to ask people to come to you. We'll just do this for a few minutes and we'll dismiss you. But uh, if you need wisdom for something... We'll get someone to go to you, and then you're going you're to tell them what you need, just briefly, what you need wisdom for. And they're going to pray and ask God for a word of wisdom to help you. As you honor the person, as you honor the gift in them, they might see a picture, they might see an image. Don't do like the lady did and just like say, you're telling a lie. Just If you only get one word, just say one word. You just see one picture, say the picture you see. Because it might not mean anything to you, it might mean everything to them. I can give an example of a, a teddy bear. I said this on, I think, Thursday night, where this lady, uh, this couple was at the uh, restaurant. A waitress came up, up and uh, the Lord says, he's looking at this, the guy's looking at this lady, and he hears the word teddy bear. He's like, oh, my goodness, do you want me to say this to this lady? And he's like, you got to tell me more than that, God. I, I can't just say teddy bear like this lady. She's going to think I'm totally insane. So anyway, uh, he said, say what I tell you to say. So he, she gets closer, and they start the conversation. He said, he used words it this way. He said, did you have a teddy bear growing up? And she goes, yes, I did. And next thing you know, the rest of the word came after he was faithful to what God gave him in the beginning. And sometimes I hate it when he does that, just being honest. But he does it a lot. I just, if you're going to walk in spiritual gifts, if you, if you wait till you're 100% convinced of something, you'll miss 99% of the stuff God prompts us to do. I just, I really think so. It's a still small voice. It's a little prompting. So anyway, um, he said to this lady, um, God wants you to know that he loves you more than you loved your teddy bear. And man, the next thing you know, like you think it's so simple, but that lady just like bawling and crying. What'd she get? Some kind of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, whatever, whatever it was, some kind of prophetic word. They overlap, but it ministered to her heart. And that is what's on the inside of every one of us. But it takes faith. It takes a little bit of boldness. It takes a little stepping over the scariness of like, I only, I only got daddy bear. Well, it might be more than enough. You only got lie. But with him, it's enough. Okay? So if you need some kind of word of wisdom today, I want to ask you to put your hand up, and I'll send some people I know and trust to you. All right?